Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer thanks to purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com for giving us a chance to post our podcast over there. Sure to check out great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Well, welcome back, everyone. Sam here uh, with Kyle. And today, what we're going to do is we've decided uh, Kyle is actually kind of coming back from a little bit of a mini vacation, staycation. Uh, yeah. Just has taken a little bit of a step away from, from work this week. Uh, there's never really a good time in some ways for the NFL to do that, although there are certainly some some down times. Yeah, Usually July try- would really be the... If you really wanted to target a month, July is probably your best bet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think overall, probably a pretty good week to step away. And and one of the yes. ideas yeah. that we had was, hey, you know what? I'll throw out a little bit of some of the news that has happened uh, this week. And Kyle will kind of do a instant reaction as he jumps back into work this week, Monday morning. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a little bit of a sense of what's happening. There hasn't been a whole lot that's happened, and so uh, yeah, right, right. Well, there, are, there is an there is some pieces though, and and some of this is going to be maybe a little bit NFL wide, and how does this relate to the Vikings? Uh, but we got four headlines here that I want to get your reaction to. Uh, some of them have maybe a little surprise factor, some of them uh, an intrigue factor. Uh, let's start with some of the stuff that I know that. And I, Kyle did admit that he knew a little bit of information before we got started. And so let's start yeah. with the yeah. the Netflix series on quarterback. And, and we know that Kirk Cousins is going to be now featured in this Netflix series. It's supposed to premiere this summer. Uh, what what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm, again, these are some of these things that happen where I don't know if you were aware that it was happening in season mm-hmm. or not. Uh, but what a fun mm-hmm. season for them to have chosen yeah. to follow Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that it ended in the manner that it did. You know, it would have been um, much more satisfying had it at least at least go down throwing haymakers rather than, you know, a tiny little jab that, you know, barely did anything. Um, yeah, so this is one, as Sam was saying, I took the week off, made a concerted effort to fully step away, you know, et cetera, don't check Twitter and so forth. Uh, but I'm just a sports fan, so I read sports websites and – you know, sometimes you see headlines and even if you don't click on them, you get a gist of what's going on. So, you know, Cousins is one of those ones where he came up and uh, my first impression is just that it's not at all surprising. Uh, Not in any way surprising. I think Cousins, based from what I can see, really enjoys uh, kind of being in the spotlight, doing these kinds of things kind of off the field. I mean, when he, I was just watching recently, when he, was kind of flirting with the Jets and the Vikings. I mean, he made a documentary about that, his free agency in 2018. Um, he did that spot with Kyle Brandt where he joked about bottomless root beers at Applebee's. Uh, he sang a duet with Kelly Clarkson. Um, he did the um, the video where he bought grills for his offensive lineman. He's been involved in all kinds of commercials promoting products. Um, he seems to enjoy doing this. And I'm not saying that in any way as a critique or anything like that. It's just... I think he likes being in front of the camera. I I I just think that he and he, you know, frankly, like a lot of times he's pretty good at it. He's got decent energy and um he'll be quite charming and personable. So 
I'll just say it's not at all surprising is, is my reaction to that. No, I, I think that's that's neat. I know this is part of the Netflix approach of trying to kind of get behind the scenes of of these sports. Right. And and see this. I know there's been breakpoint and yeah. drive to survive and uh now we've got this this series. Uh, I know I'm watching uh the golf one right now, full swing, and it's interesting. I, I find that these are these kind of things where uh some of it can be kind of boring or it's like well like yeah whatever this is just someone's life but there are sometimes these little nuggets that come out of these series yeah people really pull on and and um there can be some noteworthy clips that come out of this and so i think it'll be interesting to see from what they pull from kirk cousins film this year what what they take and and maybe what is something that we didn't know that uh that was happening Mm -hmm. behind the scenes so okay Mm -hmm. Let, mm-hmm. Let's do the next piece of news that I know you you knew a little bit, and this is definitely Vikings yep. related and roster yep. related. Is is the Dalvin Tomlinson uh, news, and and so for people who don't fully understand, and and maybe I'll throw myself in that category, what does uh, the news about his void years mean for the Vikings as it pertains to him on the roster, but also uh, from a cap perspective as they move into the off season? Right. So as of right now. He is not an employee of the Minnesota Vikings uh, for the 2023 season. I mean, he's um, they've agreed to push back that void year, is my understanding, uh, or rather the uh, date in which the contract voids, uh, and therefore kind of brings along $7.5 million in dead money. So it'd be just, you know, it, think of it in the same way that, like, sometimes you, um, you cut a player early, Right, like you sign him to a five-year deal, you cut him after three. A lot of times, it leaves a dead money cap charge. You know, void years can have a similar effect to your salary cap, right? And and basically, Rick Spielman, when he signed Tomlinson to the deal, you know, going into 2021, he tacked on basically fake years in 2023, 2024, and 2025. And so essentially, you get two years of service for Dalvin Tomlinson. He played in 21 and 22. But it was kind of for salary cap purposes, it was a five-year contract. And you do that so you can stretch out the signing bonus, right? So the signing bonus is prorated. It goes over the course of the contract. And so by pushing it over five years, you kind of made the Tomlinson cap a little bit easier to digest in those initial two years, right? And so now it's time to pay the fight kind of thing, thing, right? And and, and so Quasi Dofomenza is looking at this and saying, you know, as of right now, Tomlinson has the tenth largest cap hit on the team, and he's not even going to be an employee of the team if he doesn't sign a new deal. You know, as of March fifteenth, that is. So, by pushing this back, my understanding, at least, is that uh, it kind of uh, eliminates temporarily. It, it kind of stops that dead money hit from hitting the books and allows them to kind of negotiate an extension. Right. And if and so doing, I think you basically can kind of restretch that money over the deal. That's my understanding. Not 100 percent certain. Um, Jason Fitzgerald, of course, would be the one who would really understand this probably pretty well, at least I mean, outside the NFL. That is everyone in the NFL would know. But um, over the cap, Jason Fitzgerald, he'd probably be an excellent one to talk to about this. And he often takes listener questions, which is really excellent. So. But my understanding is you can kind of massage the 7.5 million, right? And and uh, if they were to agree to an extension, you may be, um, yeah, you don't just have 7.5, uh, 
someone who's not helping at all, not playing at all, not doing anything for your D-line and Mr. Flores. Uh, but instead, you can maybe work that money around, shuffle things around. Salary cap is so malleable. Uh, and then Tomlinson is actually a great player. So we will see what that means. But I would at least say it's encouraging in that we know now, we know that Thielen is in the midst of uh, talking about restructure, right? Like he's confirmed as much in a couple interviews. Uh, we can probably say it's safe to assume for guys like Kendricks, perhaps, or maybe Dalvin Cook, right? And then with Tomlinson, um, you know, the, these conversations are ongoing. And so I think I've seen around the NFL, I believe uh, the Packers have uh, uh, done a little bit of work to kind of shuffling around with Aaron Jones and, and Jair Alexander. Um, you know, different teams are doing different things. Uh, the Vikings, at least from remembering correctly from last year, their MO is to kind of wait a little bit longer, right, than some of these teams where they maybe announce some of these cuts or structures early. I think the Vikings are going to kind of hold on to it for a bit, right, and and kind of see from there. But we're, for example, the 20th now. Tampering begins on the 13th, right, of March. So, you know, things are friggin' moving here, right? So, uh, overall, I say this is exciting. This is my long-winded way of saying this is exciting. My understanding is that Odolfo Mensa can massage the cap a little bit and massage that that void money a little bit because both sides have agreed to kind of push back that deadline. And um, in the end, you might get uh, a much more satisfying cap solution if Tomlinson is is brought back. Yeah, but I think that makes sense. Like you said, Tomlinson, good player. Certainly, I think if you look at places where the Vikings want to improve or, or need to uh, do mm -hmm. better. The defense interior oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. is there. Uh, yep. And so it'd be interesting to see how they navigate this again. There's always the, the navigating of cap and, and player and, and fit and all these things. And, and now uh, what does Brian Flores input have on a decision right. like this? Right, uh, exactly. This, this is the like this is why you hire your defensive coordinator before you start making these moves. Uh, and and yeah. just as a last note, uh, I know you talked about the Vikings maybe waiting a little bit longer last mm -hmm. year. I, I wonder if that is going to be part of their thing, or if maybe last year was just hey, you know what, new guy coming in, getting a lay of the land, exactly, figuring right. out what like trying to make sure that you do your due diligence before you move in. And so again, mm -hmm. he said a couple weeks away from some big decisions happening here. And yeah. so it would be interesting to see what, what the Vikings do here. So, mm -hmm. okay. So we've got that. Uh, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to move into another article. This is a little bit uh, NFL news, but how does it relate to the Vikings? The, the next two will, will be this. Uh, yeah. the, this is kind of fun. So the I know that sports publications do this every so often where they look back on a draft and decide hey, you know what, if you got to redo the draft based on what you know now, where would these players fall? And so uh, this past week, they uh, did an article on the 2020 NFL draft. And this, of course, is the Justin Jefferson draft, who yeah. went 22nd overall to the Vikings. And I think fair to say after those first three years, he goes a little earlier than 22nd. Yeah, uh, man. And, and so I want to ask you, because you haven't seen this, how high you think he's gone. And so... Before I do that, I'm just going to quickly go through the initial top 10 uh, that yep. was there of this draft. And so uh, you have Cincinnati taking Joe Burrow one, Chase Young goes two, uh, Jeff uh, Akuda goes three, 
Andrew Thomas goes four. Tua goes five. Justin Herbert goes six. Derek Brown, seven. Isaiah Simmons, eight. CJ mm-hmm. Henderson, nine. And then Jedrick mm-hmm. Wills, Wills, ten. Uh, so yep. out of that list, I'm kind of interested, even just from the top ten, how many of those guys do you believe would be ahead of, of Jefferson in a redraft? Because that's maybe a good place to start. Only one who you probably say definitively is ahead, and that would be Mr. Burrow, right? Uh, already an elite NFL quarterback, already has a Super Bowl appearance, and that's even after navigating a pretty serious injury, right? So some very unfortunate luck. Um, and even still, and that's in Cincinnati, dude. Like, freaking, what has Cincinnati ever done, right? And 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 oftentimes not spending to the cap, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And still, this dude puts them, you know, I mean, more than just Burrow, but largely Burrow, you know, kind of the main driver. And so I, I just, even with how sensational Jefferson is, I don't see how you could dislodge Joe Burrow from number one. And that is not at all an indictment on Jefferson. It's merely a recognition of how important quarterback is in the NFL. And, and then, of course, everyone's favorite talking point of can you get elite quarterback play on a rookie deal? And if you can, then you got a, a window there of two, three, four, five years where you're like, freak, you can actually do something here, right? And you, and you can pay huge money to that corner, that edge rusher, that left tackle, that whomever. Um, but it's difficult in that, like, that is not at all a bad top 10. Andrew Thomas is an excellent tackle, right? He is very, very, very good. Justin Herbert is an excellent, excellent quarterback, right? Isaiah Simmons, I like Isaiah Simmons a lot. I mean, Flores coming in and talking about he wants versatile defenders who can do a lot of different things. Craig, man, that's Isaiah Simmons, right? Like he just can do all kinds of stuff and basically be kind. I know it's kind of vague and maybe doesn't say anything at all, but kind of be a defensive weapon. You know what I mean? He just similar to how maybe some offenses use certain players who have all these different skill sets to do different things well. You know, Simmons maybe is is an equivalent in a sense for defense. And of course, I, I like I like the idea of an attacking defense, right? And players who do different things. You know, Harrison Smith. Why is Harrison Smith so been so good for so long? He's a defensive weapon. He can cover, he can blitz, he can tackle, he can do all kinds of stuff. Um so all I'd say it's a really good top ten. It's not like we're talking about, you know, some 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 of them didn't work out, sure. But uh with that being said, my guess would be that uh, Jefferson came in a third because I think Herbie will go second, and then I think Jefferson goes third. Okay. Chase Young is a good player too, but I, I'll put maybe Chase Young at fourth or fifth, something like that, maybe. Or maybe right. Andrew Thomas is probably going to stay at fourth. So I'll, okay. I'll say there's there's my guess for the top five. Sam is is Burrow, Herbert, Jefferson, Andrew Thomas, and Young. And I haven't seen this. That that's my guess for the top five. Okay, so you've so you have four of the five. Four of your five were in the top five. Uh, okay. I guess kind of technically one of them's in the right order. Um, so this is interesting. So again, this, I don't know. I, I think th- I think they take team consideration like in yep. here. And, and so that's important to remember. Uh, he actually has uh, Justin Herbert going number one. Oy. And and again, Yikes. I think that like really like, I don't think anyone in Cincinnati is saying, wow, we don't want... Joe Burrow, we want Justin Herbert, but I think oh, just man, I, I don't know about that. I the rationale that. is feeling like 
Herbert's a more talented quarterback. But again, I I agree with you. I don't think that I think you you keep Joe Burrow at one. Oh uh, man, yeah, that's a. I think you overthought that one a little bit. So so Herbert one, Burrow two. Uh, yeah, that means Burrow goes to Washington, which I think uh, would be. Oh my gosh, how happy would Washington have been? If, if Washington had one of Burrow or Herbert, I think that would be. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tristan will uh, uh, Wirfs at three. I, I was just looking at Wirfs. Wirfs is an excellent tackle. Yeah. He's fantastic. Um, a worthy top five, but very, very worthy. Yeah. A- Andrew Thomas four. Wow, Jefferson getting bumped out of four. And Jefferson goes five, and that means Jefferson goes to Miami in that situation. Yeah. I think it's a bad take, straight it, up. Like I, I think it's like literally no one has ever done what Jefferson has done. No one. Not Randy Moss, not Jerry Rice. And I know, you know, it's maybe a different era. Maybe it's easier to put up stats. But frig, I'm not seeing any of these other guys do it. Even even the great young... And there's a lot of great young receivers in the NFL, and none of them are doing what Jefferson's doing. I, I, I just... Oof. if I, To me, if he's any lower than three, you're wrong. And, and I think the only reason why you're three is because quarterback is just so important. And it's really not an indictment on Jefferson. It's just the position he plays, right? I, I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Am I just way too biased here? Or yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna be hard to take off your Viking glasses and oh and yeah, for sure. Will. But yeah, I I again I I think that you really I, I don't think you have an a, a I think you can make an argument, but maybe not a strong one in terms of putting him ahead of either of those quarterbacks. Like again, those are right. guys that I think if you pull people and they say, hey, who are the 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 five quarterbacks maybe that you want to build around so you take mm-hmm. age into consideration yeah. uh they're they're two of the five on most easily. lists easily uh, i mean so, and those two it hurts are probably your top three right and so right. And, so yeah. i understand that and then you look at you've got two offensive tackles and i think this is where you you maybe get in the argument like realistically if you have an elite offensive tackle like that is incredibly valuable uh it is of course it is yeah and and so in some ways i think uh maybe the rationale behind this i, I i'll make the argument for the other side because again i think that justin jefferson is phenomenal i think yeah i i i think that uh after this year especially uh probably on on most lists top three receiver in the league uh what i'll say yeah is sure. that the for difference sure. between an elite receiver and an average receiver and maybe an elite offensive tackle and a average one. I, I don't know. I, I think that you, I guess this also depends on, on the team. You got Detroit and the giants, but I think both of those teams uh, any day would choose a, a Justin Jefferson. So I don't know. I, maybe there's not really um, an argument here. I, I, again, he, he goes up from twenty second to five, so that's that's a huge, that's a huge jump. jump, and yep. shows. I think that this really shows uh, a great, great job on the Vikings to be able to uh, get them where they did. But, yeah. um, anyways, I'm, I, that was kind of fun. I'm, I was interested to see what you you thought there. Uh, I will say the final thing I'll say because I'm not changing my opinion. I think he's wrong. Um, but dislodging Burrow from number one, that alone makes me extremely skeptical moving forward yeah that's yeah extremely that's, skeptical when you started talking about 
that I was like, okay, yeah, no, this will be an interesting thing for you to realize that that actually Herbert is uh, is number one here. But yeah, okay. Uh, let, let's last piece of news, and this is again the there. I'll, I'll just throw out this headline, and again, there's a lot of factors that would go into this. Uh, sure. But I'll just I'll plainly ask the question. Uh, because there's been some news and, and you've seen the way that the LA Rams are kind of blowing things up after really going all in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Should the Vikings trade for Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, right. I mean, it's a thought that crossed my mind in that you really want like a true stud, number one, CB1, and, and Jalen Ramsey is that. But what I did see is that uh, Florio suggested that the team, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, um, who's a Vikings fan, um, suggested that whoever trades for him want, or is going to have to give him an extension. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm going to look up quick here his contract. I mean, they kind of massaged his deal over in L.A. to kind of make the finances work. And then now here going into 2023, his cap hit is going to be just a touch over $25 million. So you're basically talking about quarterback money, right? Or, you know, not top end of the quarterback market, but like, you know, Decent quarterback money. And so three years left on his deal, carrying through to 2025, all in the 20 millions. And he wants to kind of tack on more money. You know, this year is going to be his age 29 season. Um, he's still an excellent player. It just concerns me to think, you know, what would the draft capital be to get him in a purple uniform? And then what are then the salary cap uh, kind of shenanigans you have to pull off? Now, the one thing is that when you sign that extension, that allows you to, uh, you know, massage the money a little bit, right? And and kind of make it work a little bit better uh, for the current budget. And so maybe, you know, that is appealing in some sense in that you can kind of, yeah, you can kind of, you know, make it better, right? You know, I'm looking up here on PFF. I mean, he was the third ranked corner last season. Year before, he was first. Year before, he was ninth. You know, Kevin O'Connell is going to be very familiar with them obviously because they overlap. They want to Super Bowl together with the Rams. Um, he's got that size. He's 6'1", 210. If there are two positions on defense, you want long and strong players, it's corner and edge rusher. Guys who are long and strong. That's that's kind of the ideal build, right? And you think of uh, the responsibilities you have as a corner, as an edge rusher. That's where length and strength really pay off more often than not. And so he's just, he's built like the ideal corner uh, he plays like the ideal corner. He's he's an excellent player, you know, and seeing too, like 725 snaps at wide, he had 213 in the slot. So he can travel into the slot, even though he's not, you know, that's not his primary job, but he can do it. And he also had 112 in the box as well. I mean, he's a reasonably physical dude. He, he actually graded out first overall on PFF and run defense. So he tackles well, he can be physical. I mean, he in a lot of ways would be the perfect corner. It would just make so much more sense if he was 26 instead of 29. You know what I mean, Sam? So I'll say this is a long shot because every team in the NFL wants a player like Jalen Ramsey. Not every player, not every team in the NFL can bring in that player because of the draft capital and the financial resources you have to commit to him. But Every team wants them. And so you really only need two to create a bidding war. If you have more than two, then frick, you can push things to an astronomical height. So 
And then they did move on from Barbie Wagner, didn't they? So that would seem to suggest that there's some appetite for moving on from veteran players who are still excellent at playing football, right? Um, gosh, chances are low, as in like percentage-wise, single-digit percentage-wise, just given the nature of everything going on. But man, what a get he would be. And that would really, really, really change the dynamic in that Vikings defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that would just, you talk about like that dot, we talk, we have that hockey analogy where you have that true number one centerman and what that does for the rest of your lineup. You know what I mean? In terms of like the matchups the rest of the way in, in, in your lines and how you can play a team. Man, it's the same thing with a corner. When you can go like true, like stud on stud. Yeah, you got a great wide receiver. Yeah, we got Jalen Ramsey. And we're and we're gonna go against each other. And then, you know, you can then shift a Patrick Peterson to another two role or Duke Shelley or you know, your young guys like Evans or Booth. Oh man, that would just like supercharge the defense. Um but boys, I, I I don't I'll have to maybe look at a spot rack is really good for this. So you can look at um trade history and um maybe see what kind of recent history there is for top tier corners and, and kind of see like what, what's, what's the going rate? How much draft capital do you have to send? Right. And, and that might be an interesting project, Sam, that I could look at and, and kind of give us a bit of a gauge of where do you even begin uh, when it comes to taking on a player like Ramsey, who's right. an actual elite player um, at one of the premier positions in football. Right. No, it's, it's, I think like for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, like, there are in a in a vacuum if you can add Jalen Ramsey like that's a oh yeah that's a huge win but uh, if you didn't factors right you said a player like him there's going to be competition for with other teams yeah. for getting him and so then you've got to be able to be the team that wants him the most and is willing to give up the most for him and are the Vikings in a yeah. position to do that with draft capital with how they allocate cap space all yeah. these different things again. Uh, Right. Would be a fantastic player. And I think if you you add him, you really it's it shows kind of where you view your team at, where you're you're going for it. Again, I think we've talked about this a little bit about hey, you know, you got your players who are going to you you're waiting for them to grow into what they can potentially become. And then you get your players who you're hoping you know what they are and you're hoping they can stay at that level. Yeah. Uh and and he falls into the ladder there. And so I I it would be interesting to see like with all of the considered in terms of what you give up cap space, mm-hmm. uh, what you have to do with your roster to make the cap space too. Yeah. Right. Cause it's not like you just do that. You also have to then make sacrifices in other areas of your, your roster. Um, yeah. Again, I think you said it's like would be a great ad while also um, the likelihood is, is low. You know, the, the major factor, not to bring some people roll their eyes at this, but really, I mean, you can massage that word I've probably used too much to describe the cap this this pod, but you can really adjust Cousins' deal and create a ton of cap space. It'd be hard to envision um, something like this without a corresponding move for Cousins. Even, even I guess you could sign an extension and backload things and, and free up money in the immediate, but even still, you might have to do something with that Cousins deal. Yeah, it feels like the Cousins thing is is a little bit of maybe it's not the first domino to fall, but it's a big thing. Like we talked about, we did that episode where we were trying to create, <clears throat> excuse me, 
uh, cap space for this yeah, team. Yeah, right. And he was by far the piece that makes oh, the yes. most uh, has has the biggest ability to really shift where oh, the yes. Vikings are at. And so, oh, yes. yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, I, there's enough enough material here to to create some talking points here. I'll I'll uh, we'll, we'll wrap up Vikings talk there and just quickly talk about the Wild. I think uh, when we last talked. Uh, the the Minnesota Wild had become a little bit of uh, these brokers for cap space. They did it for the Leafs. Uh, they did it another deal now. Trade deadline for the NHL is this Friday. It will be interesting to see what the Wild do. I think, I, if I remember correctly, last time we talked, the Minnesota Wild were in a little bit of a, a spot where they looked like they were um, going down. And mm-hmm. I think I, I saw a lot of fans talking a little bit about selling and, and there's certainly an emotional side of that. And I know Bill Guerin uh, has been quoted as saying that he's looking to be very active ahead of the trade deadline and feels a little bit like uh, it would be interesting to see what they decide to do. They are in a playoff spot right now and and feel like they're in a decent spot. You've got uh, Colorado behind you and it kind of feels inevitable that they'll catch up and you've also got uh winnipeg but the the bottom half of their division have turned into sellers and and pretty aggressive sellers and so uh, it feels like they're going to be in a playoff spot and then it's just about deciding what do you do how how aggressive do you get to be or do you end up being a playoff team that is there but also maybe still makes moves i know matt dumba's name has been in the trade rumors for years and uh he's coming to a spot where um if i remember correctly i believe his contract's up this year and and so it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with him again he's been playing very good hockey uh the, the management feels and so doesn't probably make sense to move him if you're going to be going into a playoff series although there we've seen it before with teams that are going to make the playoffs who still move players because they realize hey while we're we're here we're not we we recognize that we're probably not going to get far and we might as well get assets for these players even if uh, even though we want to be competitive because we realize that's probably the best thing for our, our team moving forward. So mm-hmm. be interesting to see what the wild do uh, this, uh, this uh, trade deadline. Yeah, no, it's, they're in a fascinating spot and it's kind of, uh, there's a bit of tension there between buy and sell. And do we just ride the sale? What do we do? So yeah. it'd be very, I mean, Bill Guerin strikes me as a pretty shrewd guy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, they still they've got for everything that they've talked about with these the buyouts that happened a couple of years ago. They still have a lot of cap space to utilize, and you've seen that in terms yep. of them essentially buying draft picks right now. Yep. Uh, and it feels like even if they end up staying pat, that maybe they end up buying another draft pick uh, throughout this. They've got the ability to retain three uh, contracts, and so we'll be interesting to see. But we'll wrap up there. A little bit of a longer episode today, but. Uh, been some good fun we'll we'll wrap up there and again as kyle's mentioned we are approaching some deadlines and and so do expect some more news to come out over the next couple weeks so uh be sure to check back in and we will be here uh each monday morning to cover whatever happens uh or or talk about speculation because sometimes that's uh, what we do at this at this time but thanks everyone for listening take care have a good week and we'll be back next monday